0: You know, today I'm going to talk about the Word, and it's all connected to what we've been looking at in Thessalonians. Um, But the Word does the work of transformation. So in this holy area of giving, laying your life down, serving, it's the receiving of the living Word in your spirit, that creates the work of change, which now you're now enabled and you want to start doing the things that God calls you to. Are you aware of that? So I want to look at what is the Word today. We're going to look at the purpose of the Word, and we're going to look at who or what it is, in context with 1 Thessalonians 2 13 to 14. So last week, if you weren't here, we started this four or five week journey of looking at 1 Thessalonians 2 13 to 14. And I said last week that we must receive. We must know what it means to receive the way God intends, not the way we learn. So in Matthew 11, you see. Jesus, and he says, come to me, and I'm going to give you rest. And pretty much most of the messages that I've heard stop there, and we don't continue. But it says this, learn from me. See, if you come to him because he wants to give you a tangible substance of rest himself, which brings you into his literal life in you, we must learn from him. He has his ways in which he operates, doesn't he? There aren't 10 ways. There is one way. It's called his way. And it's called through the power of his spirit revealing himself in the church. You see, we sing this song from the head to the heart. You take me on a journey. Okay, It's a little bit back to front, to be honest, because it's about a heart journey that goes to the head. See, man says head to heart. God says heart to head. We try and understand and learn through the head. And we think if we understand and learn through our ability to learn through the head, we know him. And we then talk about that. But no, the Bible says, and Jesus says, understanding starts in the heart of man. And in the heart, the spirit renews the mind. So now there's, there's, a, there's, there's oneness in him. And now you're able to speak, live out and demonstrate because you've come through the proper process, which is Christ's process, which is a revelation through receiving it through the power of the Holy Spirit. We're tracking so far. okay? So that's what I talked about last Sunday. It's vital, it's fundamental that you and I receive through the power of the Holy Spirit and not through our man-made ability to study things and learn. You can teach me all about the love of God, but can you demonstrate it? So you can break down God's love and know the Hebrew and the Greek and present me a beautiful description of what the love of God is, broken in four ways, but I go, that's fantastic, but can you demonstrate the love of what you're talking about? Because until you can, then we're falling short. Because the commandment to God's people is to love as the Father loves. So to love as the Father loves, we must receive the living word in our spirits that does the work. How many people are striving to do the work? How many of us are striving to make ourselves better? Well, stop, because it's of the flesh. What you have to do is stop that operating system and posture yourself with a heart of humility and say, Father, I can't change me. I cannot do anything to do this work. I need to stop from my striving, receive your word, your son, and your, the words of your son in my spirit, which does the work of transformation. And now I live just according to the work that's been done. What an incredible promise, isn't it? So why are we striving and struggling? Because we're actually not trying to receive the way Jesus says. We're trying to receive the way man says, hence, there seems to be a lack of life, true life, eternal life, indestructible life, where we're now becoming the people that the Bible talks about. I was just thinking during the week, and you know, there's multiple things happening here, I started thinking about family. See, do we have an organizational mindset? or do we have a family mindset? Do we have a club membership mindset, or do we have a true spiritual family mindset? It's interesting, isn't it? Are we just a bunch of physical families that turn up in a room, or are we actually the spiritual family of God? See, we value things highly in the physical. I just wonder whether we value them in the spiritual, and yet The physical is just a foreshadowing of the spiritual reality, which is to be the reality. So what God is doing here is building a covenantal family by the power of the Holy Spirit, not on our ability to get into it, but on the power of the Spirit of God, the Word of God, which causes transformation. And what that does, when you receive that Word, you start living for a greater reality now than what you were before. Which Jesus said, my family are the ones that do the will of my Father. Nothing to do with bloodline. Everything to do with spiritual inheritance. And then as we receive this word, this living substance that's creative, dynamic, powerful, that's active, sharper than any double-edged sword you can find on the planet, it pierces the heart. It goes to do a work in the very thing it's determined to do, which is you and I, now we are able to live and think differently. Now I've been set free from me and now I actually want to start engaging in the very thing I'm called to be engaging in. And there's just so many aspects of what we're called to be engaging in, but ultimately it's one position. So the challenge for you and I is... To receive, firstly, the way God intends. Otherwise, there is no life. Okay, We're not receiving the way I build my church because he tells you who is the builder, doesn't he? So why are we trying to build? Why are we trying to build people when he's the builder? You ever try to do it? We hear the language. We can build the church. No, you can't. No, you can't. I build my church. And by the way, they're my people. Hey, Simnor, you can't build the church. You can't build the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God, the Bible says, is in the church. If you can't build the church, how can you build the kingdom of God? Because the kingdom of God is in the church. But we can build the kingdom of God. No, you can't. You can't build anything. And unless the Lord builds his house, you're all building in vain. So does the church reflect the true work of the Christ building her? See, we're saying the same thing differently over and over to awaken us up to the reality that it is not about coming to a building, but it is about being the very source of life because Christ is in us who is the hope of glory. And you and I become that very hope to a world that desperately needs to see God. But if we don't receive the way God intends, we will never come into what I'm talking about. So God gives us the word of God. It is way more than a book. It's himself. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians 2. I want to read this scripture really quickly. Anybody do any homework during the week? Good. Cool. Bible says to meditate on my living manner. Eat it. How many people ate breakfast this morning? What happens if you don't eat? You go hungry. What happens if you continue not to eat? You starve. What happens if you continue not to eat when you're starving? You're a statistic. You are dead. Do you know if you don't eat spiritual food, what's going to happen? You will die spiritually. You see, what tends to happen in the church is we commit our life to Christ, we get very excited. God deposits His spirit in us. I don't know, three months, we're on fire. And all of a sudden, this thing called plateau starts to happen. So there's an initial burst, then a plateau. And because we're not eating, the plateau maintains. You know, we may be reading, but we're not eating. We may be trying to receive our way, but we're not being fed. So the plateau, plateau, plateau. Now this plateau can only last so long before it does two things, one or two things. It dips and you enter into death or it is arrested and it sparks up again and more life comes because it's connected with God in a way that's a living reality and now there's more life. And the Bible says if you're not meditating on the word, if you're not eating, if you're not partaking then there will be no life. Jesus said, eat my flesh and drink my blood because my flesh is real food. My blood is real life. We're a water. And if you're not in real food, you will be dying spiritually. So he invites us to partake of the word of God. And you see this everywhere in scripture. The word of Christ, the word of God. How is faith birthed? Hearing what? So, if you want to be people of faith, you must have the ability to hear. So you must have the ability to hear in the Spirit, otherwise you're hearing in the flesh. And you must have the ability to hear the Word of Christ, which means you must know what the Word of Christ is because you're supposed to hear it, so faith is birth. And faith is the assurance of what you hope for and the conviction of things you can't see. So Noah built an ark on things that were unseen but that were spoken to him by God and by faith he activated and there's the physical reality of a boat that saved eight people and everyone else perished. So if you're not eating, you're perishing. The Bible says that in the last days, most people's love will grow cold. I'm seeing it now. It's happening now. We are in the last days because the last days started 2,000 years ago. We all think they're coming. They started 2,000 years ago. In the last days, the Holy Spirit will be poured out. It's happened. Are we asleep? So God, in his beauty, in his majesty, gives us himself the word of God and the words of God for our food source to receive by revelation because he's given us the Holy Spirit to lead us into this food source, hasn't he? So we can eat and grow healthy and strong in pillars of peace, love, joy, rest. Come to me and I will give you rest. Learn from me and you're going to have my reality. You're going to have my life because I build my church. And on the revelation of the church I build, the gates of Hades do not overpower them. The gates of Hades do not overpower the people who are being built by Jesus Christ. The people of Jesus Christ push back the gates of Hades. And just keep walking, go, what's your problem? Smith Wigglesworth, when he woke up in the middle of the night to see the Satan at the end of his bed, said, oh, it's just you again, laughed and went back to sleep. Why? Because the man knows who God is and he knew who he was in Christ and he was living that reality out. See, if Christianity is not a demonstration, then I don't know what it is. It's not a theory. It's not a theoretical thing. It's the demonstration of Christ's life in the church. That's what Christianity is all about. When you invited them into your life, that's what you signed up for. We all signed up to get messed with. Did you know that? You went, God, come and mess with me. I'm up for messing with. I didn't realize what I signed up for. Now, probably because you heard half the gospel message that went something like this. Jesus will make your life really good. Give him your life. You'll have to worry about it. He'll bless you your cotton socks off. That's what's being pumped out. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message come to Jesus Christ. It'll cost you everything, but you'll find everything and you'll have to give your whole life away if you want fullness of life. Anybody want to sign up for that? Ah, uh, yeah, not today. <laughs> come and see me tomorrow. You see, so God gives us his son, his word for us to partake of. And here we see in Thessalonians, these men that said this, for this reason, 1 Thessalonians 13, 2.13, 1 Thessalonians 2.13, for this reason, we also constantly thank God, this is Paul, that when you received the Word of God, which you heard, how does faith come? Hearing the what? the word which you must receive, of God, not of man, of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, the Word of God that came, not as the Word of men but for what it really is, the Word of God. See, if I'm not speaking the Word of God, go home, and I'll go home. I'm not here. I shouldn't be here to speak my version of this. I should only be speaking the Word of God. Why? Because it's the only chance we've got at eating the Word of God. If I'm just spouting out what I think, it's a waste of time. We've just wasted an hour. Complete waste of time. If I'm not speaking the Word of God, if you're not hearing the Word of God, then you're going to hear from the flesh, which means you'll hear your version of the Word of God, which will probably confuse you and send you in multiple directions, but not the right direction. And here we see this beautiful picture of these men, Paul and his men, that speak in the Thessalonian church that actually understood and were moving and living in the Spirit because they could hear the Word coming out of a man and knew it was God's Word. They accepted it, received it the way you're supposed to receive it. And what did it do? Oh, it says, which also performs its work in you who believe. So the word of God, when it is received, because it is heard, when it is accepted, and when it comes into a person, it performs a work. Did I just say before, the word of God does the work of transformation. So if we're not being transformed, we're probably not actually hearing the word of God which means we're not receiving the word of God. We're probably receiving the word of man because there's no change. And then it says then to all those who believe. And belief or believe is not a casual belief like I believe the earth is round or flat or whatever. I believe in heaven and hell. Belief is a deep-rooted living conviction of what you've heard. See, this is all in the Spirit, which is happening right now, but we're all in the flesh. So here's the challenge. Do you and I have a faith that sees what's really going on and is living for what's really going on on the earth? Or are we blind, walking around, living for our lives and really completely unaware of what's really happening? You can be. If you're not receiving, believing, accepting, hearing. Why, Greg? Because the ultimate position of this is a life demonstrated. Can you see how serious this is? It's deadly serious. And every one of our judgments is riding on it. But we can live our lives completely and utterly caught up in the man-made institution what we call church and completely miss the whole thing. And you can go, but I turned up every week, I tithed, I went on mission to another nation, I was on mission in my nation, I did all these things, I helped out, I was on the music team, and Jesus can look at you and go, I don't have a clue who you are. Why? Because the Bible tells you that those people were not doing the will of God. Why? But Greg, they were doing signs and wonders. They were casting out demons. Isn't that the will of God? Well, it can't be because those people were doing it and they heard, I don't know you because it's only those who do the will of God enter into this reality. It's interesting, isn't it? When we're taught the will of God is laying hands on sick and doing all those things. Those are the works of God. The will of God is you would enter into a process called sanctification. And if you do through the power of the Spirit, you'll receive, hear, accept, believe. It'll perform a work in you, the Word, where you'll come out and you'll know the Father so you won't be lawlessness doing it your own way. You'll be doing it His way and you'll only do the things He asks you to do and that He empowers you to do because the Word does the work. So when you stand before Him, you will not hear that. Because you have got to know him, which is the great commandment of love the Lord your God. And now you, your words and your actions align. Are we tracking with me? This is deadly, deadly, deadly serious. And I don't want to scream. So I'm hoping you can hear the intensity in my voice. This is as serious as a child being on the road and a bus is coming, and the parent is looking and the parent is screaming to the kid, Get off the road. But the kid's like, Whatever, I don't know, the bus is coming. Oh, I'm all good, huh, oh, whatever, playing with my ball. And the parent's going, Get off. But the child can't hear the parent because the parent's inside the house and the child is completely unaware. So the child can continue to play on the road. And the bus is coming. And the bus is coming and the bus is about to take the child out, and it may. This is how deadly serious we are here about the truth and the life that we're called to come into. And if we're in Christ, there's no fear and there's no condemnation because when you're in Christ, there is conviction, but there's no condemnation. Even if I'm trying to condemn you and you're in Christ, there is no condemnation. So if I actually want to try and condemn you all by the truth, I can't if you're in Christ because there is no condemnation in Christ. You'll hear it and go, Greg, you fool, you're an idiot, and you'll laugh at me. This is how absolute the truth is to be in the church that performs a work when we hear, receive, accept, believe the living word of heaven that created the heavens. You tracking now? The word of God created the heavens, the earth. Let there be light, and there was light. There wasn't let there be light and nothing. You see, the word of God is living, active, sharper than any double edged sword. It penetrates, it judges, it thoughts, it upsets the flesh. Jesus said, I don't come to bring peace, I come to divide everybody. I come to bring the sword, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the truth. And I come to chop right in the middle to find out who's in the spirit and who's in the flesh. And I've got no respect for relationship as my first place priority. Because I'm looking for my people who are of the spirit, who understand of the spirit. I'm looking for my bride. You're all in my family, but will you be my possession? Will you be my bride? Will you love like I love? Will you be like me? Will you actually get on the process and be conformed into my image for that is what it is all about? Or are you happy playing religious games, ticking boxes, scratching your religious insatiable itch and going, that's where I want to keep it? You determine your outcome for what you sow, you reap. So if you sow sparingly, you will reap sparingly. If you sow generously, you will reap generously. It doesn't get any more serious, guys. And we are going to be or we may not be awakened. I don't know. I'm hoping you can hear what I'm actually saying. Listen to these, I'm just going to read some of this out What is the purpose? If we look at the, the purpose of the word of God Is it a handbook on how to live? Well, wow, a little bit I heard this cool thing But at the same time it's not that cool When I was in Fiji and the guy said The Bible, this is what the Bible means Basic instruction before leaving earth and that's cool, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, just, it's, it's actually way more than that. Because if it's just an instruction booklet of how-tos, then that's how I'm gonna live. Show me the how-to vera of how I do this thing. How do I how do I do Christianity? Have you ever tried to figure out how you be a person and need a manual for being a person? Like, how do I do a person? Wrong connotations there, isn't it? How do I just be? <laughs> But this is a handbook, it's a guideline, it, it, it makes sure that I'm a good boy, so I know the parameters that I don't go past, so I'm very careful just to, maybe some of us go to the edge and dabble a little bit. But we see it as this rule book. So it's a book of guidelines, it's basic instructions before you leave earth. Well that's not what Jesus said, Jesus said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. He said, man cannot live on bread alone, but every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Eat me. See, the Bible is food. So what's the purpose of the food? What is the purpose of physical food? Nourish. What else? Strengthen. What else? Enjoyment. Good. Excellent. Delight yourself in me. What else? To fill you with itself, to bring life when you're starving and getting hangry. Anyone struggle with that? Eh? My wife says, no, she's the first one, mate. <laughs> Little insight, when she was with a flatmate, a good friend of hers, her flatmate had a bar of chocolate on hand at all times. <laughs> Never leave home without the bar of chocolate. That's what Crystal would say. Danny, you need your bar of chocolate. <laughs> but see, the physical demonstrates a spiritual dynamic in reality. So we just describe what happens when we eat physical food. Would well, you know the same thing is to happen when we partake of Christ? Jesus promises you and I a reality that quenches the thirst and hunger for physical. He says, if you come to me, I promise you, you will never hunger. And if you believe in me, you'll never thirst again. What for? The things of the world. But see, here's the thing. When you eat him, you want more of him. So you actually want more of Christ the more you eat. You never get satisfied when you partake of living food, the word of God. See, the word of God's only boring if you're not eating the right source. And some of us need to be awakened to that because we think the word of God is boring. No, Jesus Christ is not boring. He's not the problem. I don't want to tell you who the problem is. Figure it out. (laughs) Because his word is living, active. He is love. He's the source. He said, let there be light, and there was light. All things have come into being through the word of God. And the word of God is returning. So what is the purpose of the word? The purpose of the word of God is to create life where life isn't. It's amazing, eh? Ladies have been pregnant, had a baby. There was no life and then there came life. Through the created order, no life, there was an interaction of intimacy and life came and then a life inside a life that has then its own life. And both parties, all parties get to experience this phenomenal life through the physical. It's all foreshadowing of a spiritual incredible reality. The purpose of the word of God is to form life where life isn't. What did Paul say? Galatians 4.19. I love the words of this man. And I don't think we really understand him or God's design. He says this, my children. See, Paul was an apostolic father. He was a father. He wasn't a CEO. He wasn't a senior pastor as a father. You know what you have? You have a lot of tutors. You have a lot of leaders. What you don't have is apostolic fathers who actually love you unconditionally and at times will tell you what you don't want to hear. This is Paul. He says, my children. The man is carrying the church in his heart to such a degree that we don't even comprehend or understand. He said, I would die for my Jewish brothers to come into life. This is a man that knew God and knew who he was in God and knew the functioning order he was to lay out his life down in the face of much persecution and opposition from the church and the world. Half the Corinthians thought he was a deceiver. God didn't. God said, you're a man of truth. And he goes, my children, with whom I am again in labor, Again. Hey ladies, how many, birth, how many children have we had? More than one? Two, three, four? Some people have had a massive amount of kids. He's talking about spiritual babies. I'm in labor again, not for myself, but for you, my children. I'm laboring. Is labor painful? Part of it? Squishy excruciating. Was for my hand <laughs> Where's my South African brother over there? Oh, Who was I? Paul's in labour He's going through labour over, over and over and over and over and over and over again Why? Until, until Christ is formed in you. What is the purpose of the word of God? To form Christ in us. I thought he already was. Yes and no. We've all received the deposit of the spirit of God. And in that deposit, that seed is all. But that seed must become a tree. That seed must grow through what? Receiving the word, hearing, accepting, believing. God is the only one that can grow that seed, but that seed is contained with power and life, and hence it's the kingdom seed that when it's received, it produces a work on its own because the word of God brings it to life. But if I'm not able to hear, receive, accept, believe... There is no life. And Paul is saying, I am in labor again, not for myself, but for all of you, so Christ can be formed in you. The inheritance of the saints is phenomenal. The promises for the saints of the overcomers is phenomenal. And it is all determined at a judgment seat for followers of Jesus Christ. Where the true judgment, see, if you measure yourself by yourself, the Bible says you are foolish. But when you measure yourself by the true standard, which is truth, it brings you into humility and you turn and live a whole life of repentance because you can see your true state. But if you judge yourself through your own lens, you will always judge yourself better than what you actually are. We do it, don't we? We look and we think as guys that we're still 24 and everything's standing upright, we've still got the body, when really we're 45 and everything's going south, but we look in the mirror and we say, still got it. <laughs> oh, I could, I've still got it. You've got a few extra handlebars hanging off, you've got a few extra things that aren't there, but you've still got it. No, you're a 45-year-old middle-aged man now, Greg. Fangs. I've still got it. I'm working like mad at the gym to keep it, but you know, my body is decaying, but the Bible says my spirit's going from one measure to another. So it's good news. Formed in us, Christ in us is the hope of glory the great mystery was Christ in you that was given to Paul to declare and speak and proclaim Christ in you full measure of Christ now enables you to walk like Christ and love like Christ and fulfill the commandment not through your own capacity or your own strength but through receiving the living manna from heaven that feeds you it's unbelievably awesome that we are not left on our own to figure it out. He doesn't leave anything untapped. Everything it is finished, my people. You just need to understand what it is finished actually means and not your version of it because I'm looking for my bride and I'm looking for a church that actually is able to be hope in a dark world. I'm looking for a people that are light In a dark world, is the world getting darker? Is the church getting brighter? We don't know, yes, no. It's not very convincing, is it? It's not absolute. Well, who really knows? Well, we can know and we can live it and we can be it, but unless we all make an individual choice and choices, none of us will be. See, there will never be oneness in this house until every single person chooses a relationship with Jesus where you want to be one with Jesus. The only way true oneness will be right here is if you and I choose oneness with him. Everything forms out of the relationship with Jesus. There will never be a marriage of oneness until the husband and the wife choose Christ. You'll have conformity, you'll have a lot of PC Christianity going on, but what you won't have is oneness in spirit. You'll have a whole lot of man-made version of something that's supposed to be the two becoming one. You will never have it in your children, in your physical family, until all those people are one with Christ, have a relationship with Christ. Why do we think it is the most important thing? on the earth is to be in a relationship. And so God tells you what his measure is by giving you the great commandment. But we miss that because we can't see that because we haven't received that because we're still trying to do our will and we think we've got to give Jesus a hand to win the world. And we don't. What we have to surrender to is the true building of the church. Stop trying to give Jesus a hand. He doesn't need it. He speaks and everything happens. When we start, we get in the way. So you need to know who he is and who you are in him and be submitted to that and allow the true formation to happen in you. So when he says, Greg, I want you to go there, you hear his voice, you know his voice, and then you're actually fulfilling a deed by faith. Well done. That is what justifies you, James. See, we all have to die to a bit of self that still lives in us that we don't even know exists. And we, that bit of self, will wrap his name around things and his will around things. But here's the key. Are you in abundant, eternal, resurrectional life? That's called playing the game in his name. And you need to hear it because, once again, it's deadly, deadly, deadly serious. So Paul was committed to seeing Christ formed in the church. The purpose of the Word of God is to propel you and I into the life that Jesus lived his life from. Thanks, Tess. See, I know that these messages are going to... That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to do this. <laughs> Our jaws are supposed to be dropping on the ground. It's like, Greg, that is Mount Everest. And I ain't trained for climbing that sucker. I'll be lucky if I get 30 feet up the mountain before I'm heaving and <laughs> You're talking about Mount Everest I'm going, yeah, it's the word of God I'm talking about God Because God created Mount Everest It's a blip on his radar This is how big he is And we're all going There's no way I can climb that mountain Well done It's a great start But there are some of us going No, I can climb it Especially us guys We can climb it Come on, come on, we're men We can climb it Come on, Nick, you wuss. Come on, it's, we can climb this. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We're going to strive. We're going to support one another. We're going to do this, and we're going to do it. Okay, you guys go. Good luck. We'll see how you get on. And then the Spirit comes along and says, you yeah, know, you're never going to be able to climb that without me. And it'll be my power and my strength that will actually elevate you up this mountain, And you'll be walking like that and you'll be in so much rest and you'll pass Greg and Nick who only made it 100 metres. And they're dead. They froze on the mountain because they were so determined but they wouldn't let go of themselves. They wouldn't let go of themselves because they knew they could do it. They could do it because we've got Jesus and we can do it. And that's what the Bible says. In Christ, I can do all things who strengthens me. Yeah, you miss the bit in all things who strengthens me, not in your strength. You see, we twist that to make it suit ourselves because, why, I want to be Superman. I want to fly around the world. And those people are soaring. Why? Because they're receiving as in their journey. They're just receiving this word. Their food source comes from eagles that just happen to sit on the ledge when you're 10,000 feet up with a McDonald's burger in their mouth. (laughs) Or a paleo burger. (laughs) Trying to maintain this vessel. (laughs) Ain't going to do it through McDonald's, it's through paleo. Full foods. Watch the sugar. Roll on Saturday. I tell you, it's treat day. It was a great night last night. <laughs> but see, these people that receive the word, they're being formed. They're capable now of climbing the mountain. Now at that height, the mountain is knowable. It's like, I oh am. Yeah, this is my new reality to see at 15,000 feet. But you don't want to get comfortable there. You don't want to picture tabernacle. You know, when the glory of God comes, the thing you don't want to do is picture tabernacle. You want to keep going to realize the glory that was in there, the kingdom of God. You will not see the kingdom of God before you die. Jesus was the very thing himself, and that's to be in you. So think about that picture where he's standing in his glory, the kingdom of God. You will not see death until the kingdom The word of God in Ephesians 3.21, the glory of God in the church. I'm not talking about manifestations of Shekinah glory as much as that's awesome. I'm talking about the glory of God in our hearts, our minds, our very life, Christ being formed in us. Why, Greg? Because we are partaking of the word of God. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, the word of God, which also, read it with me, performs its work, where? To you or in you? In you, who who have a deep-rooted conviction in what they just heard. So do you believe what I just said in the last 33 plus minutes? Thank you. This lady's been coming two weeks and she's not in her head. I don't know her. I don't know where she's at, but she's not in her head. It's interesting. isn't it? See, here's where the tension all lies. And this, we need to go to this line. If we want to be in truth, we've got to go to the line that's going to press every button of flesh that exists every button has to be pushed because that very button is preventing you from life. What would have happened when Jesus turned up and he said, I've come to divide. I'm going to take my sword and I'm going to chop it right down here. And sorry, I know Rick and Jeanette are married, but today, you know what, I'm just using an example. I see the real reality, and Rick, you're in the spirit, and Jeanette, you're not. His heart's not to break up marriages, is it? What is he saying? Because his words are spirit and life. Can you hear the words Jesus is saying? Or have you now got your version thinking Jesus is into breaking up relationships? When Jesus says, if you love one another more than me, you're not worthy and you must hate your own life. Can you hear what Jesus is saying? Because he's not saying you have to hate yourself. Are we in the spirit that we can hear the words of the spirit? Otherwise, you're going to hear the words taught by human wisdom and go the opposite way to the way you should have gone. So Jesus comes and he goes, right, i got a sword, I am it, and I come to bring peace but not peace. <laughs> you need to understand that. One minute he wants to bring peace, now he's bringing division. What's he doing? Well, if you know him, you'll know. So he goes, shubunk. This half of the room consecrated themselves unto me. You're my possession. You became the very people you were supposed to be. Well done. This half of the room that I'm in, yeah, not so. You're still my family, but you live for yourselves. See, when you don't love with all your heart, you love yourself. And when you love yourself, you live for yourself. And then you lead yourself, and then you try and do everything your own way. And you wonder why you're not in life. No, because you didn't start at the right point. And you may have been sold a lie right at the beginning about what Christianity was and how you come into it. But there's only one way, and it's through revelation. And Jesus said, this is a great way, God, that you would hide my ways and your ways from the intelligent and the wise, Matthew 11, 22 or 23. And that only through revelation, the Father is the only one who knows the Son. The Son is the only one who knows the Father. And to whom the Son wills to reveal the Father. Now come to me. Come to me like a child. Because you understand the only way into this is like a child. Because if you don't enter like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God, which is a spiritual dimension of reality in your heart and mind. And if you approach me as a child, and we all know what that means because we're physical And if we've had kids, you understand? It's all foreshadowing. It's all a foreshadow. It's to point you to the real deal, not to get you stuck in the physical. Everything in the physical is a means towards an end. But what we do is we get stuck and think it's only about the physical. It's never been about the physical as a first place priority in God's heart. And if we don't understand this, we'll be blind and deaf and not come into the reality. You've got to capture this. Once again, it is deadly, deadly, deadly serious to your spiritual growth. You will die if you don't catch this. The life is for us, it's just whether we're partaking of the real thing. And so he says, now you understand this, come to me like a child, because I've confused it from the wise and the intelligent, man's ways, and you will receive life. I'm in so much life, I can't contain it. I've had to write a book about it so I don't blow up. Literally. I'm not, I'm literally, I have to release it. Otherwise, I'm going to explode. You ask Mel and Kirk and everyone, this woman, shut up. I'm trying not to speak. I say, help me not to speak. And they say something and something inside me, I was with Rochelle the other week and stuff that I'd never seen before just comes straight out of my spirit about the woman who's a Canaanite woman, whose aunt, Jesus says, she says, but even the dogs eat from their table, And I'm speaking stuff, and it has not and never been here. And it's coming straight out of my spirit. And I'm hearing it going, that is really good. (laughs) I've got to write that down. That's a series. That's more living manner that bypassed my intellect and came straight out of my spirit, which then my intellect heard and went, that is brilliant. And that didn't come from you, Sim, nor because you're not that smart. No, Lord, I know it didn't. It just came as my spirit, by faith, released something that was sitting there that I didn't even know was there. I'm in so much rest and freedom. It's phenomenal. I care, but I do not carry. And I was carrying this place for years. Carrying it. It was burdening me. So God went, Greg, what are you doing? I build my church. Let me show you that through the revelation of my spirit. Boom. What's that? That's how I do it. This is how you've been doing it. That looks good. <laughs> you think? Yeah. And then we activate this, and then all hell breaks loose. Why? Because everybody wanted that model. Because no one can see that model. What's faith again? The ability to see the unseen. How do you get there? Because the Holy Spirit grabs you because you're interested in what God is and who he is and what he wants and you love him. And you can hear his voice when he says, hey, Simnor, come for a walk. Come follow me. Where are we going? You don't want to know. What's going to cost? Oh, Pretty much the way you think a lot of it's done. Do you want to go? Yep. You go on a journey. From the heart to the head, not the head to the heart. You found a love in the open field, in the abundance of God. That's where you find him, in his abundance, not on a crumb under the table. The purpose of the word is to bring you and I into abundance. The purpose of God's living manner, eat my flesh, drink my blood, is that we would delight in him. So we have to, again, ask ourselves, am I eating of this food source that God wants me eating? He died that you and I could eat his flesh and drink his blood. This is not a negative message. This is the most positive life-giving message one could hear. That the creator of the planet died, rose again, that you and I could have the fullness of life now and in the future. We have left everything to follow you, Lord, Peter said. He said, everyone that leaves wife, children, farms to follow me will be blessed in this life 100-fold and in the life to come. Now, please hear me. I'm not talking about going and leaving your husband or your wife. Hear the words in the Spirit that I just said and receive it. It's amazing. Listen to these scriptures. Philippians 2.13 For it is the word of God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. For it is Greg who is at work or God. The only thing I've got in common with God is our letters are the same with our first name. <laughs> Actually, thinking about that, my name's Gregory James and God, Jesus. <sighs> I could go with that one, couldn't I? G.J. I wonder what his surname is in the Hebrew. I wonder if it begins with S. All right, moving on. For, 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 okay, that was a joke. Yeah. Just for all those that think I am from Liverpool, and you have to understand if you're from Liverpool, you laugh a lot and you have these jokes that get you in trouble with other people. Yeah. For it is God who is at work in you. God who is at work in you. The word of God is God. God's words are God's word, they are the word. So God is at work in you, both to will and to work, for his good pleasure. Psalms 19.7, the law of the Lord is perfect. Restoring the soul. So put in those words, God's word is perfect. What is the purpose of God's word? Restoring the soul. What is the soul? Who can tell me? Mind, will, and emotion. Whose will are you going to (sighs) do? So the men that got caught out doing signs and wonders were not doing what? God's will. Doing their own will using his name, correct? See what the word does? The word transforms your will to his. So it takes you and what you want to do and how you see everything and it transforms it to see as God sees so you don't end up hearing Lord, Lord. Because the will of God, you actually did. And Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, which is the operating systems in which we learn. Do not be conformed to the patterns of the world, but be transformed through the... Or how do you renew your mind? God does, and God is the Word. So God gives you His Word, Himself, and His words to renew the mind so now you think like Him and live for Him and not yourself. Yes? So are we an organization or a family? Really? How many of us place spiritual family truly ahead of our physical families? Truly Truly See guys we are not A spiritual family I'm going to be real bold I'm going out on the limb here Okay, We're becoming one hopefully But I would say most of us Because I know a lot of you and I know myself Would really probably put our physical families Ahead of what God's doing here And prioritise our physical families Is that a fair call? honestly, if we're really going to measure ourselves by the His standard and not ourselves, just think about your money, your time, your energy, where you spend, all those things, and that will tell you what your priorities are. Do we truly love that person over there who I don't know like I love Christ because I'm in Christ? And the love I have, is it the same for Josh as it is for Danielle? It is the same for Ginny as it is for Danielle, that it is for Josh, that it is for Andre. But is it? See, that's the question. Love one another as I have loved you. His love isn't determined by physical relationships. It's determined by a spiritual relationship with God. And only then, once again, will you and I truly be the spiritual family of oneness. Trust me, I know we're not one, because I'm trying to lead it. And I'm hearing and seeing and I see things in the spirit and know stuff. And you carry that stuff. But there's a for us to be one, self has to stay at that door. It cannot enter. It has to be eradicated out of you and I. What does it? His living word. You cannot kill you. And we will not be what the Bible says we're called to be unless we are all partaking of Christ continuously. Because what happens when the pressure goes on and push comes to shove, what I've seen in 17 years of ministry is pretty much every time everybody chooses the physical family. Because that's your natural way. Yet we are called for an upward call a higher calling that does not live on the planet. Are you tracking with me? God has grace for our state. He has love for our state, but he's calling us up to a higher plane. He's calling the church to live at 29,000 feet at the very top of Mount Everest and see and live from that place but on the earth. It is Jesus' position If you want to say you're a son of the living God, then I hope you're on the process of becoming like the son of God. See, we want to give stuff lip service, but what we can't do is demonstrate because it's lip service. He said, your worship is in vain. Your hearts are far from me. And yet I've given you me and my words to partake of because you can't do that work. You can't climb Mount Everest without me. You're not going to be able to love those four people the way I intend without me putting me in you continuously. That births spirit-led humility. Arrogance and pride, which is rife in all of us, would leave the building when we fully capture God's way because we all realize, we're all looking going, (laughs) no way. Can you see? Can you hear? Because people hear what I'm saying and they run a thousand miles and then they go, you're condemning me. No, the Spirit of God is convicting your heart to the truth and you need to stay and be present and allow the work to be done so now you're actually able to demonstrate that kind of love. If you run away from the test, the test brings a testimony. You never have a testimony. You just have your words saying one thing, but you're never able to demonstrate the reality of the very first commandment. I hope we're getting this. This is life and death stuff. And God truly wants to see a true bride established here on this hill. He wants her. He's been calling her, speaking to her, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit of God. But the natural man will never understand the words taught by the Spirit, for they are words taught by the Spirit, and you must be in the Spirit to discern the words. Because you could get very upset with me with what I just said and I know that they are spirit of words in life. And if you would receive them, believe them, accept them and allow God to go to work in your heart and then perform a work and take this thing off that's so holding us back and receive it through the right way, it'll perform a work in you and now you'll find yourself be able to live out that truth. That is the whole point of Christianity and I'm tired of hearing all the garbage and the rubbish of people who profess stuff and what they cannot do is live it live it if we're not living it then you're not in it and if you're not eating you're dying but you can profess life but you're still at the bottom of the mountain listen to Psalms 33 6 By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. What did Paul say? I'm in labor again till Christ is formed in you. The heavens were made. The word performs a work. The word is restoring the soul. Can you hear the absolute reality that's being declared for you and I? Hebrews eleven three by faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God. This isn't something just a book with some words in it. This is our Creator, and the words He speaks. And when Jesus speaks, things happen, don't they, mate? The only reason you're here is because He spoke. So are we capturing? This is more than basic instructions before we leave earth and what it's to do is bring us into a somber place a repentant place not a sorry place a repentant place and it's a place of life it's not a place of death if you're hearing death you're hearing through your flesh this is life 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 these words are words of life if you're hearing death I'm sorry but you're hearing through your filter like when Noel said, to come to that place of nothingness, it is the start of life. All the great people of faith knew it, lived from it, were in it. It creates life. It is not death. So I'm, I'm just stating that out there. Hang on a I think I've said enough. I just want to read you actually one passage and then that's it. Because this, and you can, if you want my notes, I can send them to you. Um, They're more just scripture references. Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3 is massive. But listen to this from Revelation 19, 11 to 16. And I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse, and and he who sat on it is called faithful and true. And in righteousness, he judges and wages war. His eyes are a flame of fire. And his head are many diadems. And he has a name written on him, which no one knows except himself. He is clothed with a robe dipped in blood. And his name is called, The word of God. That one scripture alone, if we can hear it, and have eyes to see it, will awaken us to who Jesus Christ is. This word, that's living, active, Ephesians, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. The sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. For the word is living and active, sharper than a double-edged sword, able to penetrate and judge the thoughts and attitudes of what? Man's heart. This is what it's supposed to do. It comes to cut away the flesh. It comes to divide flesh and spirit. The word of God comes to cut and perform a work in all those who can receive and all those who can hear the word, who will accept it and believe it for what it is. Not Greg Sinner's words, but like the scripture said, they believed the words that were coming out of the man as the word of God do you and I today. At the end of the day, all I've got is that you would trust me, that when I say I'm not speaking anything but what he has revealed to me, you trust it. And if you will, I know because I know, and I made that commitment to him, but that's between me and him, and you have to trust me that what I'm saying is true. That's a big ask for a lot of people. So, But I know me and him, and I stand before him saying what I'm saying I know is revealed. Hence, I'm not saying anything that's not from now on. And I've seen it propel and I've seen it attract. And it's still doing it. I've seen people not understand for five, six years and decide it's time to move on because they have not heard what is being said and they have not been interested in going after what is being said because they have got their theology all worked out. And it's fine with me. And God says, well, Greg, I build the church. It's not on you. All you need to do is communicate what I'm saying and leave it up to me. And that's what caused so much rest. Because I thought I had to run around trying to help everybody understand stuff. What are you doing? This is a spiritual reality. People need to be in with me. And if they're on with me, man, you've got, no, you got no chance. If they don't know me, they're not going to hear anything. It's deadly Deadly, deadly serious. And he's looking. He's going, I wonder if these people really love me and really want me. Or do they want their own lives more? He's still going to love you and me if that's our choice. But I just don't want any of us, While well, you're under my watch if you want, or you've been brought here and, and, and maybe you are my sheep and maybe you're not. But while you're here, I'm going to be a shepherd that speaks you the truth. Because I don't want any of you to hear, you know what? You were really third cousin Bob that lived in Australia who we never met. You're in my family, but you lived on the other side of the world. Your name's Bob. The Bible says that God knows the haughty from afar. So he knows us, but are we humble or prideful? Because the haughty, he knows, but they're from afar. And I don't want anyone could say to me, Greg, why didn't you tell me the stuff you knew? So I've got to preach, because if I don't, then I'm in direct disobedience to him. And you're not judging me, he is. <laughs> so we're stuck together. as long as we are a family but if we're a membership gym club then you're probably going to go find another CEO who'll tell you what you want. Any questions, any thoughts, I'd love to dialogue with you, greg at therock.org.nz, we can make times. If the elders, you want to chat with the elders, because as Paul said at the business meeting, this is one message that comes from the eldership. This isn't just Greg. This is the eldership speaking. I just happen to do a bit more speaking because I've got a bigger mouth. <laughs> so, fellow, thank you for you are building us and you're building us into a spiritual family, covenantal family that don't walk away, but are bound together by blood, your blood. And I pray more and more as we unpack your truth, your version of you, that we will, with faith and boldness, stand in the glory of God and not run away. That we will hear and receive and be able to stand before the throne of grace because your love is covering us and your love is birthing more and more of yourself in us. Your word, yourself. So Father, I pray that you'd put such a passion that we would ask, if we're desperate, we would do anything it takes to find you and this new life. Lord, there'd be nothing that would get in the way, whatever it takes. We ask this in the powerful name of our Messiah, Jesus, our Father, our Friend, our Lover, the Saviour of our soul, our Groom. We ask this in your name. Thank you, Father. Amen.